0: Hello, everyone. Quick little PSA. I will be in Chattanooga, Tennessee, December 15th and 16th for the Indoor Climbing Expo. Use the code Mario20 at IndoorClimbingExpo.com to get your tickets. Come up and say hello and give a brother a high five. Some of the proceeds go back to the Global Climbing Initiative to get us back to Malawi, Africa to do more mentorship. And that is what this episode is all about. Hope you enjoy.
1: Come yeah. Check it
0: out. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers Podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers Podcast. Every bit counts, and we would love to hear from you, so take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sends and Suffers Podcast, and it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out, and getting to know the good good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps, early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers Podcast. Organic Climbing is the official sponsor of Sends and Suffers Podcast, and if you didn't know, now you know. I have been using this company's products since before my podcast, since I basically started rock climbing. They're cool, they're rad, they're customizable. You can get bouldering pads, chalk buckets, backpacks, they've got shoes, they've got almost anything you can conceive to make you look fly, to make you functional at the crag. Check out Organic Climbing. Put in sins and suffers at your purchase. It helps this podcast out. And really support someone who has been supporting the conception of climbing communities since the beginning. Josh and everyone at Organic is all about making sure communities grow. And that is a huge thing coming from a small company that moves massive, massive mountains. So check out Organic Climbing. Tell them I sent you. Let's get into this episode. Today's guest is Lindsay. Lindsay is a paraclimber in Houston, Texas. And about a year and a half ago, I wanted to get to know more Texans that rock climb. I know a lot of people in Dallas, know a fair amount of people in Austin, a little bit in San Antonio. And Houston is just a sprinkle. So I decided to make a trip. And she is one of the top people that everybody recommended that I chat with. This conversation did take place in the climbing gym. I do wanna let you guys know there is a little background noise, just like there was in my last episode with Carl. That was a few weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, but it is worth the listen. I hope you enjoy this chat with Lindsay talking about paraclimbing, her life and her journey, and just a Texan getting after it. Thank you for being my guest. Of course. You're welcome. So, all right. So who are you? Where are you from? And what is your relation to the outdoors? Or I guess we're in a climbing gym. So yeah, here you go.
1: Um, I'm Lindsay Purcell. I'm from Houston, Texas. And we are at Momentum, which is my home climbing gym. Um, I started climbing probably right before the pandemic. My husband actually got into it. And I was kind of jealous of him being here all the time. So I thought, you know what? I'll jump in and see what this is all about. And then I fell in love with it. Then the pandemic happened and I had a baby. And now after the baby and the pandemic, I've gotten back into climbing.
0: Nice. And so now how did your husband get into it? Did he already started it? Did you guys just find it like when you guys were looking for something yeah, to do? So
1: it's really random, but my husband's a physical therapist, a sports PT. Okay. And th- one of his doctor friends who he worked with at the hospital was a climber and was like, hey, I think there's like a good space here not a lot of people know climbers or injuries to help them yeah and i think we could get in and maybe like help the team and this and that and the doctor kind of brought him in and then peaced out and so it's just nick so he helps with the team here he puts on injury prevention clinics um, and he kind of was like, I want to get climbing so I know these injuries. And then he fell in love with it, brought me in, and that's kind of where it all started. Oh, very
0: nice. Now, do you have the same medical background or?
1: No. So, I actually work in oil and gas. So, we're the perfect Houston couple, oil and gas and, and healthcare. <laughs> um, awesome. But, no. But it is great to be married to a PT. So, when I'm like, ah, I hurt my finger, he's like, you're fine or do this. And so, um, it's nice having him around, especially for like my medical side of things because I am a paraclimber. So okay. it's nice to have him kind of had knowledge of that as well.
0: And so being, um I guess, so the next question I would have is like knowing that you're a paraclimber, like what made you want to take the leap from going from like just recreational climbing and then doing that? And then also, if you don't mind, like what is your category in paraclimbing? Because I know that's like a confusing thing in itself too. A lot, yeah. a lot of people don't. Understand that like within like USA climbing within youth, there's youth C, youth D, youth yep. A, youth B. And that can be complicated in its right. own thing. And I know um, the paraclimbing is far more complicated. A previous athlete of mine uh, worked on, his father helped work on the classifications. Yeah. And I know it's complicated. So where are you in the paraclimbing spectrum?
1: Okay. So in the paraclimbing spectrum, spectrum, I am RP3. So RP stands for range and power. So there's a, either a range or a power deficit. And then the numbers one, two, and three are kind of like the breakdown within the RP category. So one is kind of you're like less able and three is kind of you're more able in the fact that you have more range of motion, maybe, or a little bit more power. Um, Mm -hmm. So classifications is kind of a sketchy thing. It's always been one. It will always probably be one. Yeah. No, I mean, it's the Um, nature of the beast. It's just the nature of the beast, but Mm -hmm. they're working on it. And I think it's, you know, moving forward in the right direction. So I have MS, multiple sclerosis, and so my left side is what is affected on me. So if you look at my left leg especially, um, the muscle power is just not there compared to my right. So that's what classifies me um, to be a paraclimer. And I think really I got into it because in college I was an athlete. I went to the University of Oklahoma. I was on the rowing team. Mm-hmm. I grew up playing soccer. I liked competing. And then kind of after my diagnosis, I realized... I love climbing, but I can't really compete with the normies or the able-bodied people. Um,
0: (laughs) Is that what they call able-bodied people at the events?
1: Some people. I love it. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I, kind of felt defeated because I like to compete, but I felt like I was just being hindered by something I couldn't control. And then I realized that paraclimbing was kind of an avenue for me to still be competitive where I'm at today.
0: Was that like a big thing to reconcile with? Like when you finally, because I mean, because I guess from if I understand this correctly, you didn't know for a big portion of your life that you had MS.
1: Correct. Yeah. And so so all
0: of a sudden, surprise.
1: Yeah, I was 21 when I got the diagnosis. So I was in college. Um, And so it was, it was definitely a hard thing to kind of grasp because it's like my whole identity growing up was being an athlete. And then they're like, all I knew about MS was like the people in wheelchairs on TV, you know, celebrities and I thought, okay, my life's over. I can't do anything. Um, But luckily I've had a really decent run with it for the last 11 years. Mm -hmm. Um, I got diagnosed really early. So I've been on medication for a long time and it's been helpful. Being married to a PT makes it helpful. Yeah. Um, So I I think it took me a few years to kind of cope with it, but things like paraclimbing kind of make it feel more like a superpower as opposed to like something that's terrible because it allows me to compete and do my best with people who are kind of at the same level as me. Okay. If that makes sense.
0: You know, I just, I just want to like kind of roll back the dice on this real quick. Just because to me, it sounds very interesting. Like when you were 21 and you reconcile with this whole thought of like this happening. I mean, like, were there ever moments and and, and please tell me like, complete, feel free to walk away. I'm an and, book. And, yeah. You're okay. Fine. Okay. I'll just say Don't feel, don't be afraid to tell me to piss off. No, you're fine. But like, I mean. I can only imagine what the thoughts are. And I know in my own echo chamber, like when I get injured or life gets in the way and I can't do my sport and I come back to it and how defeated I feel. But like, I mean, were you ever kind of like struggling with like severe depression or was there like a stage? Like, I guess my question is like, how long did it take you to kind of like come out of this tunnel and be happy with yourself or was it when you found climbing and then how deep did this this whole go
1: yeah so i mean 21 you're still kind of like on the back end of a teenager with a lot of emotions so i will say it definitely took me some time i gave my now husband who was my boyfriend at the time like an out i was like if you don't want to be with me like you have to take care of me when i'm older like you can get out of course he didn't we've been married for 10 years now so
0: good man he's a great man man. you're a good guy down there yeah he's
1: a great guy um you know i would say definitely depression was huge and um it's still something i deal with now um and that is also a side effect of ms cuz it is eating the lining of your brain so a lot of people do have um some cognitive or like depression issues so it's pretty common um with the diagnosis but i would say that you know i definitely was pretty lost through my like early 20s and um You know, I escaped into work and into doing things, but I never really found something that filled me like sports did before my diagnosis. And so I think that's why I kind of have like, no pun intended, clung to climbing because, you know, it's a sport that my husband and I can do together. You know, I think Mm -hmm. that was one of the more frustrating things for me is like, I can't go run with him and keep up with him without Uh. him sacrificing his speed. I can't go on a bike ride and keep up with him without him sacrificing something. And being, that made me feel really guilty.
0: Yeah, no, I'm being a really competitive person in yeah. general. Yeah, yeah I, I've been in situations and trained with people or significant others before where they like if they feel like they're holding me up, then they just like the whole situation goes to tar. Yeah. I'm going to imagine your husband's kind of like, ah, oh, it doesn't matter. I mean,
1: he's he's nice and supportive, but like I just felt guilty. And yeah, I what get I it. love about this sport is we can come sit right by each other. He can be working a V6 and I'm working a V3 and we're doing it together. We're solving solving problems together. We're cheering each other on, but I'm not holding him back in any way. And so that was a huge win for me. And honestly, our marriage got better after climbing, like communication wise. Just we had a really something we both loved so much in common now that we could do together. And it was like a life trusting sport. Like we're going to go outside and climb and lead climb. Like you got to trust me to belay you and we have to communicate. We can't fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Any couple who needs like therapy, just go climb together. You
0: know, that is so funny because I know so many couples who do not climb together because they fight so much or they kind of get on each other's skin. But I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, to each his own. It's like it's going to be a little different for everyone. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's awesome. So how was it in Salt Lake?
1: Salt Lake was awesome. So Salt Lake was my second competition ever. Nationals was my first. Nice. Um, it was really cool. I think they had 19 countries represented almost a hundred athletes for the paraclimbing. Um, yeah. So it wow. was huge. There were people
0: that, that side is growing. I remember just like maybe that five years ago, four years ago when it was in Ohio, it was never that big. Yeah. It was maybe like, maybe I don't think that many countries was represented. I think there was that many athletes, yeah. but the diversification, but I, it wasn't worlds then. So yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. so in my category, there was 14 women, and I think there was at least seven or eight countries represented, so it was pretty solid. Um, I definitely learned a lot about just the competition, how the layout is, how it works. Um, I ended up getting 11th, so, you know, not my ideal situation, but I'm 11th in the world, so I guess I'll own that. (laughs) um you know yeah
0: i mean i think you i think you can hold that belt pretty high
1: yeah so it was it was a great learning tool and then i'm going to switzerland in july for another world cup um so that will be i think where i can really test myself now that i know what to expect
0: so how has that now uh, let's talk about like training a little bit here because i'm a coach and (laughs) that's my that's like my bread and butter and i don't like i don't know how much you know about me but i live in dallas texas I have been coaching for, I kind of lose track of time. I tell people it's like 18, 17, 20 years. I don't know. I've been having so much fun. I don't really care. I just know it was like, I think I started in like 2006 or something. Maybe later than that. I don't remember. But um, I'm always interested in like how people approach their training once they learn something new because you got new information after doing your first couple comps. And then how do you also relay that information to the people who are coaching you to continue to make you better? And it, does your help, husband help coach you, or do you have a particular coach? I'm a you dark just riding?
1: I'm riding solo. Oh, girl, you're riding dirty. I have, have no team. Dirty. I have no coach. I did reach out to someone literally yesterday because I was like, you know what, maybe I should get a coach.
0: If you come to <laughs> Dallas, you're more than welcome. I coach a few athletes. I've coached a few pair of athletes in Dallas, and then we also run a para climbing meetup. Yeah. And so you're a, if you ever come up, you're more than welcome to.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. So I actually got one of the climbing coaches and the girls that works here kind of interested, and she's looking at making this gym more accessible for para athletes. Nice. Um, getting the equipment that they need to be able to come in and just climb, and possibly starting a group. So we're trying to get the ball rolling. I know there's at least one other para athlete who comes to this gym who um, was supposed to go to worlds, but you got COVID. Um, I know it's
0: COVID. That's kind of like the dark. It's kind of like the dark cloud over a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, So, but I don't have a coach, but I'm kind of realizing that all the women who are really succeeding have kind of a training plan. I've just been kind of like, Hey, I have a baby. I'm free tonight. I'm going to go climb. I'm going to go do this. I've kind of just been winging it. And I kind of, I realize now that if I can focus a little bit more and maybe have a plan, I could see more growth.
0: Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. And I've even, I even that's true for, I think for almost anything, whether it's professional sports or personal life, like you can even, you can wing it for so long, but at some point point, at some point, it doesn't matter how much volume you do intent and intention mm-hmm. matters more. Absolutely. And that has way more weight and that so i guess what's the first thing that you learned that you needed to start doing when you come here and start training now or like do you have a structure yet or you're waiting for that
1: i don't have a structure yet i'm waiting for that um but i do i do realize i need to start incorporating more lifting and just cardio into my into my exercise um just with the strength you know like i would have
0: never suggested cardio really i that's interesting well
1: i'm carrying around some extra baby weight so i'm trying to get you know,
0: listen, mom, away. mom strength is a whole nother world. So um, I'll
1: tell you what. Yeah, yeah. I have an almost one year old now. So I've been a year, which, you know, I keep reminding myself having a baby is a lot on your body. And your
0: whole genetic structure was just like, I mean, maybe not your hormones were just everything. going, Zip,
1: zap, 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 boom, zap. it was like an explosion.
0: Yeah. No, I like, I can't even begin to imagine. I. Yeah, I watch mothers, like there's a, we call this one girl in the gym who climbs Mountain Mama. Yeah. And she's had three children. She comes, climbs Cluster. through the whole pregnancy, comes through the whole thing and comes back. And she just said, she's like, you know, I feel stronger every time I have a child when I come back. And I'm sitting here thinking in my brain, I'm like, what in the world you is know going I think on? It's
1: true because I climbed till I was 32 weeks pregnant. And when I came back after I got cleared to exercise, I was already sending things at the same level or higher than I was before I got pregnant.
0: So my friend Bethany, who's founded Brown Girls Climb, I don't know if this article's out, but she wrote an article because she used the Beast Fingers plate and measured her grip strength and did a this whole study. And I, I cannot remember the information and the details, and I'll try and see if I can find it and put it in the show notes. But she said that after her baby, she came back either stronger or just as strong as long as she was consistent. So I'm very curious to, like, know, like, what's going on there but that i was just curious okay yeah. that's cool
1: yeah i came back as strong and i think i'm carrying that baby waist like baby weight vest that's mm-hmm. making me stronger because it's like a training vest that i'm training with every day now so i've nice. definitely gotten stronger
0: oh yeah i'm excited for you <laughs> that's super rad now um what is i get I guess outside of like paraclimbing and outside of this, like what else are you really involved in? Are you involved here in the gym? Do you and your husband have anything else that you guys like to do?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, we spend a lot of our time here. We're at home with our kid. We are kind of really involved in the MS world. Um, So we actually run a free program called MS Fit. It's a free exercise program for people in the Houston area. Every Saturday morning, we all meet together. And we show them how to work out and try to empower them to realize that just because they have MS doesn't mean they can't be active. And with his, you know, PT background, we are able to allow everyone, even if they're in a wheelchair, we can find a modification for them to work out and see that they actually are capable of doing things that they thought they weren't.
0: So what growth have you gained from, I guess, what growth have you gotten from giving that out to the community, that doesn't climb and that is like probably maybe someone will eventually be interested in here. I imagine that's going to be a great recruiting tool for you. So smart move there. But like, I guess like, like in that experience, I know just as a coach in general, like I'm giving a lot to my athletes and there's always growth that happens to me. And so between, I guess everything that you're doing, especially that what's the biggest thing that you've noticed and how long have you guys been doing that too?
1: So we've been doing MS fit for about five years now. Oh wow. This is, um, this. So it's been a long while. Yeah, This is solid. It's solid. Um, we have a good group of people who come every week. we now do it twice a week. We have a volunteer who leads it on Wednesday nights for us as well. Um, I would say the thing that I've gotten most out of it is I'm finally hearing the words I'm preaching to them. You know what I mean? And, um, you know it's the community it's just like climbing the community is what makes it so great and it gives me a little bit of like i always worried that when i got older and i if something were to happen and i was in a wheelchair like my life would be over and i think i see all these women who are older who have different things and they're still like killing it they're still exercising they're still themselves they're still having fun so i think it kind of took that fear away from me and allowed me to live in the moment um, and be grateful for the functionality I have now and stop worrying about the future.
0: What would you tell your 21-year-old 21, 21 year old self right now if they were sitting here?
1: I'd probably tell her, get through it. You're going to be a badass climber one day. You don't even understand climbing, but you're going to be on the world stage. And, you know, your dream of wearing the USA on your chest is actually going to happen in the weirdest way possible.
0: Yeah, yeah it's funny how life Man plan. God laughs. Yeah. 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 yeah, That's that's definitely the truth. So this uh, group that you guys have been running, this really intrigues me because I think like you, it's what you said that, like, you know, you're starting to hear the words that you've been preaching. Mm -hmm. And I know like, so I've route set, I've coached, I've done a lot of different things. And I think coaching and route setting are the two things where you like, you get your setters bump and you get your coaches bump. And what I mean by the bump is like, when you're out setting, you're setting all the time. You just get better at rock climbing, you get stronger. It's a manual labor job, it's a really heavy job, but you get really worn down. And all of a sudden you like, once you get a good rest in, a good deload weekend, you come back stronger than ever before, just like any training program. And I feel like with coaching, it's a little different. You get all of a sudden like a knowledge and a awareness bump. Like you're, for the lack of a better term, you become more woke. Mm-hmm. in your climbing yeah, and you become more woke in your training and then also too it's a little it's it's a little chagrimming because you do hear your own voice and you catch yourself doing the things that you tell other people to do and I guess is that what you have noticed that has snuck, your, uh, snuck its way into your climbing?
1: Yeah I would say that You know, we've been preaching to them, for lack of a better word, for years of you're stronger than you think you are. You can Mm -hmm. do more than you think you can. Um, It doesn't matter where you are in the scale of strength, as long as you're getting better each day from who you were last, you know, last week, then you're winning. And I think that's something I've brought into the climbing gym that's really helped me realize like, okay, you might not be sending a V6 like your husband, but that V3 that you really struggled on because it was a left move and that's your weak side, like, after two weeks of trying, you got better. Like you can see the small improvements and build on that. And I think as any athlete at any like range in their competitions, you need to build on the small things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And
1: you need to recognize the little wins because it's not always going to be a huge win. And that's what I preach to them all the time. So I think it's been really helpful for me to kind of sit back and say, okay, you had a baby a year ago and now you're at Worlds. like, Small wins make big wins. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. Uh, it's like, I mean, it's like anything. It's like any training plan or anything that you see, like you don't see the work. Uh, you don't see the work that people do in silence. You don't see all that. Or I don't know if this is applicable, but like little Wayne says, real G's move like silent, uh, move, move silently like lasagna. <laughs> like you got to do everything in the back. And what you're doing there really pays off because it's, Everyone thinks about like, okay, the one singular hardest thing you do, but they don't think about like, you know, the countless 5'11s, 5'10s, V4s, V0s, V1s, V2s, just or even just countless days of just getting out of bed. Mm -hmm. It's probably the hardest battle, just getting out of bed and being consistent Yep. and sticking with it. And I think that's probably something that's completely overlooked a lot.
1: And then throw a one-year-old into that (laughs) and a full-time job. That's the hardest part is just scheduling, honestly, for me. Like Fair enough. I'm pretty sure I might have been the only competitor at Worlds who changed a diaper in between their two rounds.
0: That's awesome. I
1: feel like I should get extra points for that.
0: I definitely think you should. I, at least you get cool points for that one.
1: Hey, moms can do cool things. I,
0: I think mothers do majority of cool <laughs> things. And if we're going to be blatantly honest, the world would not be a very good place if it was just a bunch of dudes. So, like, it's going it to be very terrible. I support that. Yeah, I, I'm strong feminist here. Strong feminist. I
1: support that highly.
0: Wow. So this is cool. So I guess, where do you want to see, like, if you could just, you know, sky's the limit, you have access to every resource in the world. Like where do you want to see uh, your climbing in the next like three years? And where would you like to see, obviously you're, you want to create a pair of team here. Mm-hmm. Where would you like to see that in the next three years?
1: Ooh, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, For me personally, I just I want to get better and maybe actually place at some of these events to show that like Mm -hmm. hard work pays off. But I I mean, in reality, I think if you ask me or any para athlete, we just want more visibility. Um, You know, if someone were to come into the gym right now as it is, we might not have the tools to get them on the wall. Um, But Momentum's doing a great job of getting those tools, and so I think that visibility is going to be the biggest thing you know i follow a lot of climbing instagrams and watch a lot of documentaries and i mean really maureen beck's the only para climber you see on real rocks or mm-hmm. on red bull tv you know she's the most famous yeah professional climber and you know i know mo and she's a great person and i think there's a lot of great people in the para world who could if they got the platform could kind of show everyone like hey we're just we might not be the able bodied group you normies. know we're not the normies but we're pretty rad and you know i see i, I watched a blind climber at nationals lead that outside stuff, and then cl- and then clean and then clean an anchor blind and everyone was just chill with it like you know one of my friends left his foot at the crag like we have a lot of fun things <laughs> to you know, to deal with and we're a really good crowd. But I think that sometimes, especially with my category RP, like if you looked at me, you wouldn't think no. she has a disability or, you know, a hindrance in her climbing. You know, you see Mo on a, on a magazine. And it's very obvious that she's a para climber, but there's a lot of us out here that Nick always says, if we ever ran into Jimmy Chin, he'd say like, how do you take a picture of something you can't see? No. And that's like me, right? Like look normal, but don't climb normal but how do you represent that, you know, in the bigger space? And I think that's a hard place to be.
0: An invisible illness. It's the same thing. Like I was just talking to one of your other employees uh, and he was uh, asking me how long I've been in the industry and what's that, and like, what's the thing that you do? And I was like, when I meet employees, I always tell people the first three things. It's like how long I've been climbing, what I'm psyched for. And I'm deaf and hard of hearing. And it doesn't. And so if I walk by you, it's it, like a lot of, some of the employees are like, think I'm rude. I'm like, it's just cause I don't hear you. It's literally, I'm like on a mission in a gym and I'm coaching like, you know, seven, six, nine, fourteen 14 year olds all in one day. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, a, it's an invisible, basically an invisible illness, right? You know, it's not something that stops you in life. Yeah. It's just, you have to learn how to navigate through it. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think that, you know, I look at companies like North Face and Scarpa, they're, they're doing more to kind of in- be more inclusive to that group, trying to start programs and stuff. Um, But I would just like to see more companies maybe do that.
0: So I know this is like the age old question that all of them ask, and I don't want to give them the answer for free, but like, you know, and and, and even I struggle with this. It's like, what do you do though? And like, you know, and I think, and for me and correct me if I'm wrong, if you think I'm wrong, but I think this is a big experimenting process. I think this is like, I think we're all in the kitchen cooking and we're all trying to do some like make a recipe. And it's like some days we add a little bit too much salt. You know, it takes a while to like nail something down because, because like, you know, you're talking about different equipment. Like I didn't even know this stuff exists and like, what is it? Or is this still being created?
1: Yeah. I mean, some of it's still being created. I think they're waiting on a harness that, people in wheelchairs can use because they have to hand make them each time for a gym so like oh, yeah. they ordered one but they're waiting for like a material so they can finish it yeah you know supply what I mean?
0: chain is an issue right now so
1: i mean i think that you're right there's if there was an answer we would have already found it right i think it is a lot of experimentation and i know ifsc is pushing really hard for the paralympics to pick up climbing in 2028 so i think that's really the end goal for a lot of yeah. People, you know, I think climbing in the Olympics definitely opened the the stage for that and so a lot of the paraclimbing world is trying to get there. Um and I think the support of the big brands and just showcasing it and making it more of a normal thing to see a mobec on their Instagram or on this documentary would show other climbers, "Hey, this exists." Like most mm-hmm. of the time when I tell people here I'm a paraclimber, they have no idea what that means. Oh,
0: I I I I mean, I'll be honest with you. If Hannah did not tell me, I would not have known. Exactly. You know, right away, you know, and it's because it's not obvious.
1: It's not. And so I just think, you know, in the age of social media, just having more awareness, doing things like this. This is why I was so psyched to do this is if someone listens, they might hear and understand. Oh, hey, I'm a normie, but there's some uh, paraclimbers who are possibly at my gym. They don't even know slaying it like I, I want to support that.
0: Oh, yeah. I think this is interesting. So it's like, you know, just thinking about it is. Would you say it's more, especially with these big brands and these people trying to figure out, would you say it's more of relationship building? Like, I, I guess like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Cause like one of the big things also being a coach is like, you want to have the answer. Right. Like I'm not, well, I, I, take it back. Like, I don't want to so much have the answer, but I want to lead you to the answer. Correct. But yeah. in this situation, I'm realizing in my own self, like I am trying to lead myself to the answer along with leading you to the answer. And I feel like the blind leading the blind. Yeah. And it's, but it's scary. And I think, you know, I by no means am I trying to validate big brands. So like, when I say this, like y'all hear me, like, I see you, I know y'all doing your thing, but like y'all are big. You can take punches. But I also understand that like, like this is a thing that like, I don't think, I think we all need to admit that we don't know what we're doing. Absolutely. But we have an idea of where we're going. Yeah. We I don't mean, might, we might not know how we're getting there or, like a good friend of mine once said a statement to me that like really resonates with me. You know, sometimes you go through life, a section of your life where like you're flying the plane and you're building it too. And on top of that, you're just going in the general direction that you're trying to go in. And I think, I think to a certain extent, I don't know, maybe it is admitted somewhere already. Maybe it's not. I don't feel like it is, but I feel like that needs to be openly admitted that like, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're really going. We just know that we're, kind of going in the right direction
1: that's 100 percent climbing we're flying building and just kind of going wherever the plane takes us and yeah. it's growing fast like you said i mean oh it's
0: it's blowing up it's
1: blowing up and i think there's a need and i think it's just a matter of usa climbing taking more of an initiative with us yeah
0: i'm afraid of it hemorrhaging real soon i, I that's something that i've genuinely been concerned about because you know no knocks on usa climbing but lots of knocks on usa climbing like there's some see we all For those of us who are in this scene, we all know the balls that have been dropped real hard. We all know the people who have been put in this position who are just fillers. um, And we'll just move on from there. But um, yeah, it's like, uh, once again, it's like intent and intention matter. Yeah, and it's
1: hard. I understand from a business side, paraclimbing is a lot to take on because you have a volume of people. Because you have the blind category. You have lower amputations upper amputations you have rp3 you end up with a lot of people you're traveling with it's not just the top three men and women
0: yeah no i definitely agree with you i guess it's like you know once again it's like i'm not trying to figure this out for them but at the same time it's like you know what is the simplest way to at least organize everybody and get everybody in the room to get everybody safe talking yep and that and i know you know there are people who are spearheading it like karima is like probably by far the most prolific spearheading person of all, and I think in the United States, yeah. uh, in, in the world of climbing, in the world of paraclimbing, like, she's the boss, she's the bad bitch, she runs the show.
1: Right. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, again, people like Mobec who have that platform showing off that mm-hmm. they're competing, they're winning, they're traveling, they're doing all these things, I just, I would love to see more of people like that. Yeah. And if that takes big brands supporting them and making them team athletes and showcasing it, then like if that's the way we have to get there then that's the way we'll get there but think, there's no answer i think that's the hardest part is it's growing and there is a need but we need people to come and like sort it out for us
0: yeah uh, this is yeah it's a complicated thing cuz it's like sitting here we can talk about it all we want to until we're blue in the face but at the end at the end of the day we still have to admit like we, we don't know yeah we just don't know the answer and how to approach it
1: yeah Yep. And with the Paralympics kind of looming in the distance, I think they're trying to funnel a lot of things to make that work. So I think that's the end result, but some, some of the things happening now go to the wayside for that. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, it's caught. Yeah. I wrestle with this thought and I wrestle with that statement because like, I get it. Like if we can just make it to the Paralympics, like we're set but if we just make it to the Paralympic, now you are going to hemorrhage because you don't have the stru. You do not have, you do not have a foundation to support the house. And that's everything that you're building on. Yeah. Like there's not enough structure to handle the huge influx. You know, it's like, it's like the whole, like I, I by no means do I want to say these two are equal. They are different in their own rights, but they both deserve their own attention and respect. But like, getting more minorities into climbing. You know, I argue with the gym that I work with summit all the time. It's like, and I, and I respect what they're doing and I respect how they're trying to do it with meetup with POCs and, you know, and I know, and I've worked with consulting with other gyms. Like the biggest thing that frustrates me is like, you know, you want to get all these people, you want to showcase all these black people, you want to showcase all these indigenous and this. And like, I, one person was like, well, why do you like sometimes get frustrated? with This I'm like, cause you don't underdress the root issue. I'm not, I was never a really poor child growing up, but I also understand the big dilemma that a lot of kids have to stick with is, do I eat Do I eat dinner? Do I get on the bus and go to the gym? Or do I do my homework? The root issue is transportation. Yeah. Like, but, and, I, and I'm saying that's just the reality that I know in my problem in my city, mm-hmm. like kids have to choose between going hungry, failing in school or getting transportation. And I, you know, and people are nice. They're like, well, we'll provide rides. I'm like, that's not sustainable. Yeah. And people are like, well, we can probably get the bus. And I'm like, would you let your white kid stand out there on the bus stop? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay, well, and then, you know, what the hell? Yeah. And so it's like, it just frustrates me because like, like I get it. Like, like, it's this weird double-edged sword. You have to have the awareness to fix the problem, but you have to make the problem worse to actually even fix it. And I guess it's the old saying, it always gets worse before it gets better.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I do have hope that pair climbing is getting better. Um, I think, honestly, you kind of mentioned it, but, like, funding is our biggest issue. I know a lot of solid climbers who got, like, fifth at at Salt Lake who can't afford to go to Innsbruck or Villar for the other World Cups because, I mean, I'm going, I'm blessed to have a job that I can pay for it, but, like, USA Climbing is giving me $0 to represent them.
0: No. Yeah. Do they... Do they pay for, quote unquote, the normies to go?
1: I'm not sure. They, I'm, I would assume that like Nathaniel Coleman probably doesn't pay nah, for himself I mean, to go. Yeah, but I mean, again, they're all sponsored by North Face and all these places. The man's on a so. box of
0: Wheaties. He's not worried about it.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, they have other sponsorship stuff that probably help pay for that if USA Climbing doesn't. Um, but that's kind of a sad thing as I look at these really strong climbers who could really compete and show that the U.S. has great para climbing. They just can't afford to go.
0: This is like such a complicated, like, yeah, it's just a complicated issue. And I, but I'm happy that we're at least talking about it and bringing awareness to it and bringing it to the forefront. Yeah. Because ultimately that's what matters the most.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, everyone I know in paraclimbing just wants to be on the wall. They have fun. They want to be on the wall and they want to compete and show the world that they can do hard things too. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I say it all the time. I want to see the world on my walls. I like bolting. I like developing. I like creating roots you know, and I want to see everybody, whether it's man, women, child, whoever climbing the roots that I put up on the, put up and it's, yeah, it's just, it's rough.
1: Yeah. Wow. So if you come up with a great answer, let me know.
0: I, you know, I will work on it. I'm thinking about it right now. And like, that's like the the catch with me. I'm like, I'm like, I've got like, I've got to navigate the way to success for this. I've got to navigate yeah. through this. And ultimately what I have to do to admit to myself. And this is why I like, you know, I feel like I'm almost slumping. I feel like my posture is changing, but like, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit to like, I don't know how to answer this. And like, you know, and it's like, as someone, as someone who wraps their whole life around their whole life around in service of others and in service of helping people achieve their goals, like the most exciting thing for me in the world is watching you send. The most exciting thing in the world is for me to belay you on a route that whether you're sending it or projecting it or working it, or spotting you doesn't matter the most yeah. exciting place for me to be there is to be your cheerleader yeah and the fact that the matter that like i don't know how to cheer for you and i don't even know if my I, I, yeah i just don't know how to navigate I think you're that. doing it
1: right here i mean yeah you're spotlighting pair climbing yeah, yeah that's, that, that's, i think that's, that's, that's the there's a lot of big problems but if we just start small of just telling people that it's out there yeah i mean i think that's the only thing you can do right now.
0: Yeah, no, that's the truth. It's
1: the biggest thing you can do right now.
0: So how could people support you in general? Because, you know, we're here in Texas and beautiful H-Town, Hustler Town. That's right. You know, I le- um, but like how can people support you and I guess really help you to make this grow? Even support you as an athlete, but then also to support you to help you to make your dream and vision of this community growing and getting bigger and better here.
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, just gaining the knowledge looking up the different categories understanding what paraclimbing is is the first start and then I think it's just going to come down to funding you know I like I said earlier I'm flying alone but a lot of other paraclimbers are on like teams and that they do fundraisers to help pay for their you know athletes to go to different things and I'm realizing that that's something we kind of need here when I tell people I climb in Texas they're like what do you climb and I'm like well I don't climb outside because it's flat but like You know, the climbing community is big here. Oh, it's massive. And and there are paraclimbers here. I've met them here. And so I think that's kind of our goal of creating that team and then maybe just getting fundraising and getting support from big companies to kind of promote our sport within the paraclimbing world by sending our athletes to the World Cups when they can't afford it. And USA Climbing can't afford it, you yeah, know, yeah, or yeah. supporting local competitions here. I know that they've had one here once where there was a para climbing category. And that's very rare. You know, we don't get a lot of competitions. Our only competition one time a year is nationals. There's no qualifiers for nationals.
0: You know, that blows my mind that there is at least. Yeah, I, I know. I guess that would be the first thing like at least in every rope comp, because I know the Katy location has a rope comp every yeah. year, even if it's a citizens based comp yeah. just having a category
1: just bringing awareness. So when people sign up, they say, okay, there's this category, there's kids, there's pair climbing. What is that? Oh, yeah. okay. That's cool. And even if it's three people, it's, I know the reason they don't do it is because they don't want to pay for more prizes for more categories. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, that's, a, that's cool. I don't need a prize. I just want to say, just want to show
0: up. And ha- I mean, yeah. I, I personally, me, I think the whole prizes thing is a cop out. Like that's just me because it's not like people come to the gym, like people pay to be here. People pay to go to a comp, people pay to do that. The only thing you have to pay is the route setter to do it, which granted it is a moment of growth. They have to learn how to do that. It is complicated. I'm not saying it's easy route setting for para stuff. is very different. Yeah. And I, and I, well, I don't know how different it really is or not, but like, but I definitely feel like that's a cop out. I feel like you could like, Homies just want to show up to have fun. I
1: was gonna say, if you if you had a para like competition that I could come to at my local gym, I don't even care if you set for me. Just set what you would set for everyone else, and let me compete against my people. That's yeah. it. I don't you don't have to set anything special for me. I mean, I'd prefer if you set everything to the right, so that's easier for me. But like you know, <laughs> I don't think they'd be looking for special setting either. I think they no. just want the representation of hey, this is our category. Yeah. You don't even have to give me a prize.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, our our gym recently added the non-binary category to our bouldering comps and our rope comps, and that's it. And so I think this is really, I think it is. It's like, it's funny. It's like everyone hates labels. Everyone hates labels. Everyone hates to be put in a box. But the problem is, is not everybody fits in the same box. And, you know, it's not the 1970s and 1960s anymore where you can just put everybody in the box. This is why we're in this problem to begin with, the lack of representation, because of lack of empathy yep. and just sheer out like well too bu- tough t- too tough on you just get over it yeah and and I, I and I'm not saying you don't need to be in tough in life but there are ways to build resilience that is not detrimental to someone's fo- emotional physical and mental health
1: I completely agree I mean it's funny people with disabilities want to blend into society right yeah, no no, wants we, to be stared wanna- at, but we want to be celebrated for what what we have and what we're doing. And if yeah. that's having our own category and being recognized that like, Hey, they're out here competing. They're being badasses. Yeah. They're sending like, that's great. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's just building that awareness for everything else. Like, I think it starts in the local gyms. I think it starts in local. It always starts at
0: grassroots. Yeah. It always starts at the bottom. And you know, like, you know, Drake, you were right. <laughs> Started from the bottom, but we're not here yet. Yeah,
1: We're not here yet, but we're getting there.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. This is heavy. Yeah. This is heavy. But it's very loving and it's very, very, very loving. And I, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to talk to you about this. It's like, and, and honestly, I don't get, I coach a para athlete, but I don't even get to, I'm so busy, like finding, trying to think about like, okay, how can I help you? How can I do this? That even as a coach, sometimes I, I get lost in the details Yeah. and I know he has to manage his own details with that. Yeah. So that's heavy. Wow. Well, I want to thank you for your time, and I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to chat with you. Absolutely, this is awesome. Uh, is there anybody you want to give a shout out to, say hello to? I mean, it's—I mean, it's my podcast, but it's your platform now. Hey, so. shout
1: out to my husband, Nick Purcell, Dr. Nick. He is literally the best. He's the reason I'm here and healthy and competing. And you probably hear my child in the background screaming somewhere. So, yeah, shout out yeah. to him.
0: I am going to apologize and not apologize for the background. It was either be in a stuffy, stuffy room. Or be out here in the midst of climbing and just kind of enjoying it. But you guys got to hear the joy of children and adults loving rock climbing. Hell yeah. Uh, Well, once again, yeah. Thank you for coming. And I think, I honestly want to say, I think you truly embody the name of this podcast. This podcast is called Sends and Suffers. Yep. Uh, uh, And, you know, you have definitely really showed me that, like, you've suffered quite a bit, but your suffering is so... Obviously, paying off into these great sends and these little moments that you're having, yeah. and so yeah, yeah, it is, uh, it is a privilege, and I would love to love to have a follow-up conversation with you. Absolutely. Um, that, and please let me know if there's anything I can do. Like my platform is your platform. Like I will blast things, I will harass people. I love doing it. I will harass any company that you want. Awesome. Anything that I can do, but just like, you know, I will be your angry black man.
1: Hey, I love it. And I appreciate you having me on here and allowing me to talk about my crazy group of people and what we love to do. And hopefully other people learn about paraclimbing. Oh, yeah. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Lindsay. Remember to follow, like, and subscribe. Paraclimbing is probably one of the coolest and the most intimate sporting events that I have ever been to in my entire life. If you have an opportunity to attend a local paraclimbing event, volunteer, support, or help someone in your community get to one or get into it, it's worth its weight in gold. Lindsay's an amazing individual. We're going to have more paraclimbing coming in the future. But until then, remember to take care of yourselves. It's getting cold out there. It's that send season. But remember... If your sen didn't have a little bit of suffering, I mean, was it even worth it?